attracting the right IT leader to the right position starts with a great description. Go to our website and download the descriptions we've written with some sizzle. That's the lift with these AI systems. You've got to get the data in there and usable and have it be trustworthy. You've got to trust that the engine is scraping and regurgitating information correctly. Like It could be wrong if it doesn't interpret it correctly. And that's it. It's the data. It's understanding the data. It's making sure that the model understands a question and then responds accordingly. That's the testing you have to do. Hello. Welcome to Biotech Bytes. I'm your host, Steve Swan. This is where we talk to CIOs within um, the biotechnology field about their thoughts and feelings around technology that's currently affecting our industry. And today, I have the honor of having Elizabeth Schwartz from Fathom with me. Welcome. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Thanks for being here. So, My pleasure. You know, thanks. And so usually what I like to do when I start out, Elizabeth, is just kind of you know, start real basic. And it seems in the recent past, a lot of folks have been kind of going after the or talking about the low hanging fruit, which is AI. You know, everybody's talking about AI, everybody's hearing about AI, everybody's reading about AI. Um, not only us in the technology field, but, you know, the folks that are in the business and such. And uh, just wondering, you know, where your thoughts are there, where your feelings are there, what's what, you know, where you are on that, where you are on AI right now. I'm a big fan of AI for certain business processes, and we do actually have one group that is has purchased a system, and we're, we're in the midst of implementing it now. What I find is it's really the subject matter expert lift from an IT perspective. It doesn't take much time, and we're not involved in the coding. It's all about the business user getting the artificial intelligence to respond with answers that work for them. And um, do you have, do they have many use cases? Again, don't need specific, but many use cases right now for AI that they're actually, that it's live for? Not yet, but we're close. There, th- there's really two types of AI systems that I'm seeing. The first is a completely self-contained system where you would load policies or, or documents that have information on them. And the AI system scrapes the data, puts it in, a, in, a, in the system ready to use to answer questions. And the AI, the AI integrates with your Microsoft Outlook experience. So you can type into your team's window, you know, what's the meal limit in Chicago for dinner? And get an answer back on what the policy regurgitates. So that's one type. The second is one where it does have connections to the outside world to look for research. The issue with that, there are two issues. One is uh, you need to make sure that the data you enter is never put live on the internet because there are cases like there was a case with Samsung where somebody put a presentation into the chat GBT and it got all over the internet. It was a private presentation. They didn't realize the information would escape. I didn't hear about that. That's Mm. crazy. I'll send that to you afterward. I know, right? It is crazy. So the one rule we've given our business users is do not put sensitive information into chat GPT. If you want to get a system that's self-contained or protects the information, we're all on board to help. But that's that's the one non-negotiable piece. Now, someone told me with, with chat GPT, um, for it to actually remember your data, you've got to be very deliberate and toggle it on. Save my data to uh, to learn you know, to tweak, right, um, uh, the model, or you have to toggle it on to say, when I give you a thumbs up for, for what you return to me, 
save my data. Otherwise, it forgets your data. It's in your terms of service or uh, something along those lines, right? And it, they, they were trying to tell me it was a pretty heavy lift to do that. And it doesn't sound like it is. It sounds like it's pretty easy, right? To me, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm sort of surprised about that. There might have been one of the systems that this particular person was looking at. I have not seen that. But then again, we're like third-level users of chat GPT. Chat, they make chat GPT US systems that, t- that harness that coding and create a system for the end users to use. So we're getting it after both of those pieces. So there might have been a step along the way that might be more complicated, but we're not seeing it where we're looping in. Okay. And now your organization, I mean, you know, we can talk about the tales of two worlds, right? You've been at big companies, you've been at small companies, right? Big companies have a lot of resources to dump into things like that. Smaller organizations, you know, not as much, right? Because every, I mean, listen, everybody's got a finite budget for everything, right? But the bigger companies have more to dump into these things. And some of them are actually, you know, they have an innovation budget or I don't, I don't think they have an AI budget, at least not yet. Right. Um, that might be coming, but have you found that because your company, how many folks are in your company total? We're up getting closer to 500. Yeah. So, you know, relatively, relatively small compared to some of the others. Right. So some, you know, sometimes some of these systems, sometimes you can't do everything you need to or want to with them. Right. And then you get caught into a situation where, you know, like some of the bigger players, like I said, can, can, can run with it. Right. You know, so they got a lot of resources to dump into these things. So, what would you would you give any advice to other uh, um, you know folks in smaller companies like your own, where you would say, hey, listen, you know, if I knew this a few years ago, I would have done this differently or something like that. Coming from you know, because you were in larger companies before and you came to here, right, to a smaller place, is there something that you would think about differently that you know today that you didn't know then, or is, or not really? Not much. Um... I find that being a smaller company, it's more efficient for, for our company to use vendors rather than get specific subject matter experts. I think that would be the one difference. If you're at a large company, you probably need to hire more people because you, you have a need for it. Whereas we may only need 10 hours a month of a, of an, of an Oracle expert in certain areas. So it's not worth it for us to bring people on. But other than that, not with the systems piece. And honestly, from the AI perspective, from what I've seen, these systems are not that expensive. Not really. Like you can get a decent system installed for, I'd say, 50000 a year and then probably less going forward because you, you've hit the implementation fees. And that can do, that could do the work of some, uh, some FTEs. So there's some, there's some uh, efficiencies to be gained with that. And so how many FTEs do you have currently on your team? Two, including me. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You can get small. a lot done. Yeah. yeah. I have, yeah, we manage about 40 vendors. I, I, I'm probably, as we discussed, looking to bring in somebody else to manage some of the pieces that I outsource. I think it would be um, effective to do it that way, but I haven't started down that path yet. So I don't know what the market looks like. Right. Yeah. It's always changing, right? You know, it just depends on what you, what the particulars are, you know, know, where you're going, what you're doing and what you need. Right. Exactly. Um, and then along with the AI content piece, where I'm seeing life science companies use it a lot is in clinical trial, piece, sure. and, you know, um, modeling clinical trials using the AI, what might occur given the inputs. It's so much data to get through and to churn mm-hmm. through. That's like you said, that's that's where, you know. The compute power can really save time, effort, and money for on the clinical side. You know, I've spoken to somebody who did um, 
let me think about this for a second. Somebody did some sort of marketing, uh, marketing thing with it where they built, they spun up some sort of platform that built a model that would send out some communications. And if they got back X, it would send out Y and so on and so forth. Somebody else built up something with a large language model for their scientists to dive into research, you know, show me everybody's experiments having to do with X, Y, and Z. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know the particular terms, but yeah, there's, again, we're, we're, we're like my last guest said on my last, uh, um, podcast, we're kind of in the wild west. We're kind of rubbing sticks together and figuring this out, but we've all got to do it right. We've all got to crawl before we walk. That's just the way it is, you know? And, and I think some of the traditional systems that we're using from what I'm hearing are, 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 uh, going to be challenged by some of this, you know? Yes. And, and where I think a big sticky point is going to be for other CIOs is security. Because, for mm-hmm. instance, I heard that they can replicate people's voices now. So you, know, you might get a call from someone acting as the president who sounds exactly like the president saying, wire me, you know, $50,000. <laughs> so we actually have, um, yeah, we, we've, we've looked into some of these pieces and come up with some uh, modifications to how we do business because of it. Well, yeah, I mean, the security and the, and the data, right? I mean, another big concern is all the data. You know, I had another guest from me that, that was with me and he started at a small company, right? And his company grew and it, it ballooned. And, um, he said to me, I asked him, you know, what is your one? Like I asked you, what's your one piece of advice? If you had to think, he said, um, get your data ready. It's, it's, it's the gasoline for the engine, you know, get your data ready, you know, cause That's you can smart. buy outside data, but then you got to figure out whether you can trust that you have all this internal data. You can trust it. You just got to get it ready, right? Are you, are you seeing the same sort of thing? Oh, absolutely. And that's the, that's the lift with these AI systems. That's exactly what it is. You've got to get the data in there and usable and have it be trustworthy. So for instance, again, going back to the question, you know, what's the meal limit for Chicago for dinner? Um, you've got to trust that the, the, the engine is scraping and re- regurgitating information correctly in a way that that is correct. Like it could be wrong if it doesn't interpret it correctly. And that's it. It's the data. It's understanding the data. It's making sure that the model understands a question and then responds accordingly. And that's the, that's the testing you have. Do we know when, and I don't know the answer to this. And if you don't know, I, I I'm just throwing this out. Do we know when it's coming up with a synthetic answer when it's taking the average of some of these uh, of some of this data. So what sometimes what I've learned about this just today, somebody was talking to me about how it, it takes data and then it can come up with an average, you know, say, well, it's not this, it's not this. So let's extrapolate and guess that it's this. And AI will do that. And I didn't know that until today. Um, I don't, do we know when it comes up with the synthetic answer? I don't know the answer to that. So you don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, but you probably heard the same thing I did where there was a lawyer that put a case studies, like other cases for a complaint and it, AI made them up. So basically mm-hmm. the lawyer went in with these made up cases, right? So to your point, I don't know. And that's a good question. And I don't have a good sense of it. Right. Yeah. I, I have no idea. So now when you have your data and your data sets, right. Um, you know, is, is there somebody inside that handles that? No, 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 no. You, you use vendors, right? So vendors are going to be handling that for you, right? Your data and getting that in shape for you. I don't know the answer. The bottom line is we see this as a business lift, not an IT lift. Oh, 
So the, the business user is going to be responsible for working with a vendor, getting the information entered and QAing it. And we'll help. And it's exciting for us. We're happy to help and be involved, but we'll never be the expert the way the business user would be. And they are the ones driving these projects. Got it. Okay. They own the data. They have the data. The data is theirs. You're building the the technology side of it, or yeah, your group is putting that. Again, it's a light lift from our perspective. All we need to do is tie it into our office system. That's it. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, it's not, we're not asking, the, the AI isn't generating answers for well, how do you use office? It's not. It's, it's answering right. questions that the business wants to know. And so they are the experts. They are the ones QAing the data, handling the data. And they're happy with that role. They understand that they'll get better result from that too. Yeah, you know, and and you know, you bring up a point there. It's it's not, you know, some people are saying, well, you're reading the headlines anyway. It's going to replace everything and everybody. And it's, you know, I think Microsoft named theirs Copilot for a reason, right? Because humans have to be involved with the whole the whole thing. I mean, it's not going to take over, you know, uh, everything for you. And uh, you know, auto drives a, a perfect example, right? The the self driving car, it can't do it. I can't even figure that out, you know. So. You know, it's, we're not going to be displaced, at least in the form that it's in today. doesn't seem to me, you know. You know, that's just it. We don't know. We don't know. I, no, I could see it replacing some roles, but certainly not all. It, no. You'll still need humans involved. Absolutely. So now from a technology perspective in biotech, what are some of the trends that, that beyond that, beyond AI, that you're seeing or some of the things that you think are coming up that um, should be something folks are thinking about or, or, or seeing are we talking about you know crms erps you know uh, accounting systems is there anything along you know those corporate functions that um or is that is, is it really about the ai right now that's really around the peripheral that's making a big difference for us or will make a big difference there's that in their security and the government's getting much more involved in how security operates and if you're a public company and if you have a breach you have to report it to the sec and the fbi i believe I'd have to look back on the reporting requirements. So a lot of what I'm learning now are just new government regulation and making sure that our policies incorporate them. I'm not saying anything new on the ERP side yet. Uh, I haven't seen a whole lot of system changes except for around security. Security continues to be very a, a very talked about topic. When you go out and look for the person that you and I were talking about, well, what kind of, you know, what kind of skills, background, what kind of things are needed in an organization like yours for a role like that? Being able to learn and being nice or being able to work with people. Um, I, I think given how specialized systems are, mm-hmm. I think as a manager, we have to expect that we'll hire people that will not necessarily have the experience we want them to have for the role. So we'll have to choose people that have the ability to learn and some proven track record learning and, and working on systems and then send them out to training to specifically handle things. Yeah. Cause you can to. train, right? I mean, yeah. you can train this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if someone's motivated and reasonably intelligent, usually you've got a pretty <laughs> good employee. It's kind of surprising how many people don't have those two pieces, but isn't it um, amazing? Yeah. Yeah. It is actually. <laughs> I know you see that. I know, right? Yeah, you know, I I don't think my goals were too lofty when I raised my kids. You know, I think my my I want to create create uh, productive citizens 
that can reason their way through their day without negatively impacting others. Finding folks that can do all three of those is is uh, a lot harder than it sounds, right? I know it, it is. <laughs> yeah, and I understand that. I had some of that with my kids that I wanted them to have the tools to make good decisions, and yeah. that and was don't what take I down the house right while you're doing uh, it, right? Right, right, you know? right. Yeah, train them how to think, not what to think necessarily. Well, be also be accountable, right? Yes. Create, you know, fix your own stuff. Don't say, "Hey, I don't know," and move on. It's it's theirs. They created it, or or if it's not theirs, maybe they don't hand somebody a problem without no, you know, no, no manager wants to be surprised, and also no manager wants you to dump something on without coming up without at least having a suggestion for a solution. You know, so correct. I see it all the time. You know, so um, and so. When you go out, I'm just trying to help you here as you're as you're out thinking about your person, right? Do you want somebody from a small place? Um, I don't uh, care. Okay. okay. I really don't Doesn't care. Matter. No, I, I, you know, yeah. I want someone with the skills to learn. If they learn some of the subjects that uh, matter that they'll need for the job, terrific. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now when you think about, we, we touched on this a minute ago, when you think about data, right? We talked about data and we talked about data feeding AI and things like that. Do you find yourself or does your business, I guess I should say that because, right, they're the ones that own all this stuff. Do you get from them or do you hear from them that they're in need of different sources of data? Do they go out and find vendors and things like that for their data or do because I've heard from smaller companies. Here's where I'm going with this. I've heard from other small companies that when they go out to buy data, they're forced from the IMSs and such to buy these huge sets and they don't have the money for that. That's just not a thing. So they're out looking for vendors that, that have more niche sets of data at a lower price point, right? Is that something that your organization has come into? We haven't had that particular issue. You spoke about that yesterday, and you yeah. sound like you have a great source of somebody that can provide data for smaller businesses without the crazy expense that usually comes along with these data sets. But yeah. no, I, I think to, to be competitive mm-hmm. in pharma, there are data sets you just have to buy, and they are expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to want the doctors that um, prescribe in your particular field. You're going to want to have that database that's constantly refreshed to see who's active and et cetera. Those are expensive data sets, but they're required mostly for the pharma industry. You have to do it. I'm shocked that there's not a, I don't know, in our, in our business, some sort of, I guess you can't recycle. You can't share those resources because it's the data that you got to take in the data and use it how you need to use it. And you can't let other folks know how you're using it because you're, you're doing your thing. Right. Um, and there's also FDA involved with that. So you've got to, there's no shared sort of resource there. You got to do it on your own. I know, I know I'm thinking crazy, right? Um, I mean, data is very expensive to collect, collate. Uh, in fact, I've read that like IQVIA, um, does not make a lot of money off of their data. That's not really? where they make the money. Yeah. I've read that. Again, I, 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 I could try to source it for you. I don't want anyone to, to run back and tell this to you know, yeah, that yeah. somebody, but I've read this, that that's not a big money maker. That would explain why several years ago they were pivoting or trying to pivot, right? More to the system side. Yeah. yeah I think yeah, that's right. why I read that. And I'll see if I can find that or back on that. I remember that reading thing. about them. Yeah, I remember reading about them pivoting to the system side, and I'm like, why? They're the 800-pound gorilla in data, but I guess thinking about it, why would you pivot from anything? Because you're not making it. You're not, you're not pivoting from something because you're making too much money, right? 
I think that's right. And it explains some of the, you know, there's battles going on between Viva and IQVIA with data. There's lawsuits now. And I, I, they're all very sensitive about who gets the data, how much they're paying for it. What, what are you doing with it? So what, what else would you like to share or talk about? Um, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to take anything from you where, you know, you want to chat about anything in technology or business or pharma, you know, as we, uh, as we continue to talk here, anything that you're, that you no, can, I think you've hit them. Out? I mean, I, again, I being in a small to medium sized company, the way we manage our department is different than someone at a large company would. I know. You know we're the in-house people. It's, it's very much of a vendor model, but I would expect as we grow, we'll bring more people in for the areas where we use a lot of vendor talent because it gets expensive to constantly outsource to vendors. Yeah, I've I've seen companies even up to, you know, several hundred million dollars in sales. They'll have, you know, one person that's responsible for, I don't know, one security, one infrastructure, one commercial, one corporate or ERP. You know what I mean? Kind of doing that. And then somebody that with each one of those individuals may have, you know, strong skill sets, even architect kind of skills, but great business skills as well. Kind of the high level business relationship manager, ITPRM almost, right? And be able to go between business and that and their vendor manager, you know, their vendors. And, you know, once they get big enough, then then they've got to, you know, once they get beyond that, then they've got to deal with, you know, a lot more. But they've been able to sustain that model for a while, you know, as they continue to grow. Right. So Yes. Well, that's probably where we'll be if we continue to grow. All right. Um, well, I do have um I always like to ask one final question before we part ways. And it's more of an off-the-cuff question. I didn't mention this to you before. What would you say would be your favorite live band you've ever seen in concert? <laughs> there go the eyes. <laughs> okay. I'm a nerd. I don't go to concerts. Too many okay. people. Okay. Like, yeah. too loud. I get I get um, that a lot, by the way. A lot, of, a lot of people say the same thing. Yeah. I mean... I'm older, like really. Um, I'd say <laughs> well, even back, even back when you were 15. I don't know. Who not, did not I today. see that I liked? Uh, probably like Billy Joel. I mean, can't go wrong okay. with Billy Joel. I've seen him a couple of times. Yeah, no, he's awesome. He's a good performer. Absolutely. He's a great performer. Yeah, yeah. we didn't see him till last year, so that was the first time seeing him. Oh wow! In the city, saw, New York. We saw him in the city. Yeah. yeah. So we had tickets to go the year before, two years ago, on my wife's birthday. They canceled. That was in December, and he didn't play till June of last year. So it took six months to come back and do it. But it was great. You know, we took our our, our daughters who are twenty three and twenty one, and uh, the four of us went. It was fun. It was good. My I'm wife sure loved it. Was. it. I'm glad. Yeah, I think he's wrapping it up though at the, at the garden. If I'm not mistaken, I think he's kind of run out of uh, run out of runway there, or or um, you know, so energy. Yeah, it's a lot of energy. Well, sure. <laughs> he's a little little older. A little older than us, right? You know, so yeah, a lot. <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, thank you very much for your time. Um, you know, if anybody needs to get in touch with either one of us, you'll see our links there on the uh, podcast. And um, thanks for joining us. Thanks for the opportunity.